Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina Podcast. I'm Brandon Hall. He's Matt Payne, your director here in North Carolina. And Matt, we're dealing with some computer issues, but on uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth tries of charm, we're going to get this thing rolling. Hopefully, we'll get through a full episode and talk about all the baseball going around uh, uh, across state of North Carolina. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stay positive with this thing. I'm not trying. I'm not going to throw my computer through the window yet. But we got too much to talk about for this keep failing on us. It says we're recording, so let's give it a Here go. Here we go. Here we go. Podcast podcast professionals, so all you guys that are subscribed and liking, and this is what we deal with. But we're off and rolling, and um, let's just jump right in, Matt. Uh, today's Wednesday as we're recording this, um, and Tuesday I think our, our 2025 rankings dropped. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that class. We're not going to get too in-depth on the podcast about it. Probably come back in a couple weeks and talk a little bit more about the rankings. But talk a little bit about the class and what you like and what you saw as you're going through and ranking those players. And I think the list is up to, what, 110? Yeah, it's a little over 100. Uh, 25 class in North Carolina is a loaded class. Uh, heavy presence at the national level. And uh, when – when we're out and about, you know, we hear the the 25 class mentioned a lot with the with the pro scouts and a class uh, we're enjoying watching and a class they're looking forward to scouting in a couple of years. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting thing we've got coming up as we kind of get into the summer. We're going to run PBR's first All American game. <clears throat> it's a little different format than some other All American games that happen where you just take the seniors um, and you take maybe the the top 25 or top 30 seniors and put them on a field. We're going to the Brewer Stadium. We're going to take the top seniors and the top juniors, and we're going to let them play against each other. So this class will be in that mix. I think we've got three or four players that, you know, as we track them through this spring, track them through this summer, may end up with invites to Milwaukee. Yeah, definitely a lot of guys that uh, could be there pretty easily, and it's it's kind of tough when you go picking across the whole country of uh, which guys from your state are going to go, and that's in the fall, and you know, who's available at that time and hasn't been shut down and putting those rosters together, but it's a, it's a loaded class for sure. And with the new rules and the recruiting being geared down a little bit, this will be the first class that kind of has a bigger effect on. We've already seen as we're, we're putting these rankings out, you know, there's more guys at this time of, of the rankings that haven't committed. And there was a run on talent there right before that April 26th date hit where contact was cut off with these guys until August 1st. But I think it's got a chance to be a special summer following some of these guys because that competition of I've still got to find my spot's going to be there. And I think we're going to see some of these guys ramp up. Any names to kind of keep an eye on um, throughout this summer for some guys that may be uncommitted uh, that you just you, you like, you have a good feeling about, and, and maybe somebody wins a lottery here uh, as they as they are getting into August and already they'll start communicating with these guys. Yeah, Tyler Baird, guy we've talked about a lot. Uh, you know, has I'm sure he has plenty of offers and ranked fourth in the class, and uh, he's got a lot of eyes on him. But another guy's Caden Davidson. Uh, saw him at a preseason All-State event. Uh, Dirtbag guy uh, hit three home runs last night in a third-round playoff game for TC Roberson, and uh, he will be uh, heavily followed this summer. Well, that, that's a good transition there because we actually got our summer started this past weekend. Uh, took a trip to Southern Alamance High School, a uh, chance to hang out with the Dirtbags. Trey Daly and uh, some of his coaches were there. And, you know, a lot of the Dirtbags uh, players from North Carolina, you know, were, were in the house from uh, really the 24 class. We saw some 27s even. 
So 24 on down. Um, you know, physical group. Uh, ran them through a pro the pro uh, style workout that our scout days involve. And uh, let's first talk just a little bit about our scout days and and what they offer organizations that are rolling through those. What is it you like about the scout day? What is it allows you that it allows you to see? Uh, you know, orgs get get a chance to get in front of a uh, one org. It's all their guys and spend time with their coaches and, and managers and uh, learn about learn about their program and guys they have. And, um, you know, obviously they have probably more of a track record with those guys than we do. So you learn more than just seeing the tools. You get information on the kid and their competitiveness and uh, how they performed in some game action. And obviously we get to be around the kids and uh, joke with them a little bit, get to know them a little bit and and have some fun with those guys. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, with certain age levels and certain groups that we haven't been around as much, <clears throat> there's a level of um, excitement, cautiousness, um, you know, maybe even some nervousness going through that type of workout. And, and you know, I think the more clubs have done this with us and the, the more the players are around us, you know, they know we're there with best intentions. We're trying to allow them to put up good numbers. We're not trying to allow them to cheat numbers. But we want them to prepare and be at their best and put up good numbers because we want good numbers on the site and we want the numbers to accurately reflect who they are as a player. And so we are trying to ease them in. We are trying to give them some some tips of the, of the trait in terms of, hey, try, think about this when you're doing your ground ball work and it's just you out there alone. Hey, when you're making throws from the outfield, the radar gun likes this, this, and this. With our pop times, let's not cheat it. You're on video. You know, If you're cheating, it looks like you have stiff hips. You know, sit down in there and receive an exchange and be quick. Um, you know, run through what a typical PBR scout day looks like in North Carolina in terms of, you know, the structure and what players are going to get and, and, and where does the day start and where does the day end? Uh, you know, typically we start it with pitchers and catchers and uh, we let the catchers go through their uh, defensive evaluation before they catch their pins and see those guys throw and uh, then we run the arms through there and they get their time on the track man and throw it in a controlled session and getting those numbers and video. And uh, when those guys finish, we'll, we'll roll the position players through their, their BP and their de defensive evaluation. And it's, it's somewhat laid back. So we get to talk to the guys a little bit, like you said, kind of help them get a feel. And, you know, we've, we've seen it when you get those right, right now it's 26s and 27s. A lot of those guys doing it for the first time. They'll, They'll do the scout day and, you know, get their feet wet. And then they come back to our, our border battle or top prospect games and they're a season bed at it. And they look a lot more comfortable and typically post better numbers when that happens. Absolutely. Um, you know, the the things with the scout days and, and obviously we're there, we're evaluating, we're seeing who can move around. We're taking notes on players. We're going to put some evaluation on some of the players that are there. But we've also got track man doing all the ball flight during the bullpen. We've got track man doing all the ball flight during the the hitting um you know for me as a pitching as a pitching guy i'm getting instant feedback on movement um there's things i see with my eyes there's things that immediately and you know when i'm when i'm doing the evaluation of the pitchers i, I typically don't have TrackMan's info right there you know i've got you tagging or i've got one of our interns tagging and occasionally i'll ask a question what do we got here what's this doing what's that doing? just to see if my eyes are telling me the same thing or making sure there's no outliers um you know, but occasionally we do. We'll, we'll see an outlier of something that my eyes aren't telling me is happening, and it makes a it makes a player fairly intriguing. I know from the offensive side we'll see things like that. I know we're getting feedback on on exit velocity and distance and launch angle, but 
But what I'd really like to see is I like to see what the exit velocity is per, per strike zone area. You know, where where are they hitting balls hard? Do they like the ball up? Do they like the ball down? You know, it gives us some feedback on what that swing path really is and where that connection point, where that strength is. Um, and then with Swift, you know, we talk about we, we've got 24s and 27s there. <clears throat> There's fast 2027 players that are not ready to run a 60. And so Swift gives us a 10-yard split, gives us a 30-yard split, gives us their, their high-end run speed. You know, so you can compare a 27 to a 24. Both of them ran at top end 20 miles an hour, and the 24 ran a 6.8, and the 27 ran a 7.4. You know, and, and, and you're going, well, they're, they're going to be comparable runners when, when the 27 gets to be a senior. Um, and, and being able to track things like that. So we're getting all of that data. We're posting all of that data. We've got over a thousand schools that subscribe to PBR. Um, and it's really, I mean, word got out. We, we did the, the dirt bags day and we're, you know, we're trying to get all the information loaded in on Monday. I know your phone, my phone, I'm trying to get work done, trying to get the information in and we're already getting blown up. How is this guy? What'd you see on this guy? You know, college coaches are already calling. Go, Hey guys, give us, give us 12 hours. It's going to be in there. Then you can go see it and then call us and then give us five days on the video. The video is going to pop up and then call us. Let us know or call Trey and call Andy and those guys with the dirtbags and, and, and go through it like that. So um, really a great day with the dirtbags. Let's dive into the roster just a little bit. Um, talk to me about a couple hitters that impressed you um, from the initial look watching BP. Uh, and the Dylan Palmer put up a big number, 2026 left-handed hitter. Uh, that ball at 103 was absolutely smoked because I was tagging at that point. And he hit that ball, and that number jumped up. And I thought it may have actually been low. I thought we may have seen a 105 on that one. <laughs> he hit some balls hard, left-handed here with some strength. Uh, Matthew Perez, catcher, uh, stood out in the box. Uh, Max Luzaraga swung it well. And then you got a 2027 uh, Giovanni Buccino uh, was launching balls over the wall. Um, there had a good round. Derek Guzman, uh, defender, uh, barreled some balls in BP, swung it well. Um, who am I missing here? Carter Beck uh, had a good day. Uh, Casey Murray, another 2027, had a good day. And uh, I know there was a 2027. Uh, looks like he's next in line at Topsail. Uh, threw the ball yeah. well. RJ Browning. Um, a guy you know, I like to mound kid. as well. Yeah, athletic kid. Um, just, uh, you know, a good day getting to watch those guys swing it and how they go about their business. And uh, Dirtbacks have a great staff, and obviously they help the the transition there with, uh, you know, their players going through it for the first time and, you know, helping them uh, get a comfort level uh, with us being there and having all the technology set up. Right, and it, and it is different. I mean, obviously they're – for the guys that are there, they're seeing a BP thrower they may have never seen before. With bullpens, our bullpen, uh, uh, the way we run our bullpen may be completely different than the way they run their bullpens at their school. So there is some getting used to it from that standpoint. You know, on the bump, one of the things that stood out to me on the bump was we saw two GH Rose arms that aren't throwing a ton of innings for the Rampants right now, who are the one seed in the 3A tournament, who if push comes to shove in three-game series – these two arms are ready to roll and going to have a chance to get guys out with Owen Simmons and Matthew Aldridge. Um, Aldridge, a two-way possibility. Um, struggled a little bit in the box for us, but I think it was 4-4 four four last night uh, with a home run as they, they uh, got past South Brunswick. So big, physical, left-handed hitter in Aldridge. 
Simmons, kind of a really athletic multi-slot guy with a slider and a breaking ball from two different slots. I think he bumped 90. Um, another name, the one, one of the names you mentioned, Max Luzaraga, was a full-time first baseman at Weddington. Uh, he's one of the first bullpens that threw and kind of one of the ones that we were really intrigued to see because I'm getting to my notes on him. And, you know, he good ride, short top-to-bottom breaking ball, uh, was tight, was late, long arm action over the top, down zone, good angle, above average arm speed. And, again, another um, – you know, he was up to 89-1, you know, spinning uh, the fastball up above 2,400. So, you know, as much as we see high school baseball, we do have to remember that some of these teams have been limited two games a week and they've got depth. And so now we're going to see, as we get into the summer space, we're going to see some of these guys start to take off. And I think even more importantly from the hitter side, they're going to be playing a little bit more consistently, you know, five or six games a week and now a chance for some of these guys to really get grooved in and let the athleticism stand on its own. Yeah, you know, some of those guys that are on the varsity squad but, you know, maybe didn't play as key roles, and they will definitely uh, play big roles. You kind of take a guy like Caden McLaughlin, the the freshman, uh, Weddington, had a good day for us. And uh, James Sawyer, East Carolina commit, he had another good day on the mound. So uh, He was really athletic, and he could pitch. I mean, you could see in and out, up and down, he had really good feel. Yeah, and he's got more in the tank there too. And, you know, those guys, when they get, uh, you know, playing, you know, more games in a shorter amount of time this summer can really take off. Well, look for the Dirtbags information to come out through uh, <clears throat> through the Prep Baseball Report website. We'll also have stuff rolling out on social media. The stats story dropped Tuesday. Uh, quick hitters will roll out Wednesday and Thursday, covering some of the hitters and some of the pitchers that stood out. And then we'll start getting into some of the advanced analytics later in the week. Uh, diagnosing both hitters and pitchers, videos, still shot pictures, track man videos, slow-mo video, all of that will be coming uh, as we continue to cover the dirt bags. And <clears throat> excuse me, we won't be done after just this week. We'll continue to kind of go back and, and do some player profiles and uh, organization profiles, you know, throughout the summer and maybe even into the fall, trying to get all the information out that we got on these guys. So trying to give as much information and, and, and to the, the college coaches and pro scouts as we can, letting them see everything. It's just hard to get everything all out in one day because it's so much information flooding into us. Um, you know, so again, uh, dirt bags were, were the first scout day. I know we've got uh, two more lined up for this weekend. I think we got four lined up, three, four, maybe six lined up for the next weekend. So if you're in an organization, you guys don't have a PBR scout day lined up with us. It's a it's the cheaper alternative instead of attending an open ID um, and allowing us to get all of your information to college coaches and pro scouts and then put evaluations on you for some of our, our state, regional, and national events like the future games that are coming up in August. So, um, Matt, let's turn our attention to some of the excitement going on around, around the uh, state. And we're going to start with the uh, public schools, the North Carolina High School North Carolina High School Athletic Association, uh, 1A through 4A state tournaments. <clears throat> you've had a chance to see games over the last two rounds. Uh, you've had a chance to dive into box scores. Uh, let's start with some of the teams that you feel like are take, making the most out of uh, their opportunity in this tournament. Who's, who's hot? Who's really rolling? I know everybody winning feels good, but who's really putting themselves in position to, to make a run at this thing? I mean, we'll, we can go to the 4A to start. You know, T.C. Roberson, number one seed in it. 
you know, they've, they've played well, had a, big, had a big win over Hopewell last night. Uh, like I said earlier, Kane Davidson with three home runs. And they're running into a, a hot Myers Park team that uh, that you've seen a few times. And that's a club that seems to be making the most of their opportunity. And you go down and, uh, you know, Providence defending state championships, uh, find themselves back in the third round and lost a tough one last night to a very offensive club in, in Northwest Guilford. Uh, their, their pitching staff held up through that one. and. Uh, you can head to the east and look at Corinth Holders. Goes into Pinecrest, a tough place to play, and uh, you know beats them ten to three. Took advantage of a of a lot of walks by the Pinecrest staff there, and you know they're back. Uh, got a matchup with Garner, who uh, an impressive pitchers duel last night at, at Topsville High School. Jackson Lucas, uh, you know, going for Garner pitched well, and then Topsville got a good outing from uh, from their left-hander Cooper Cavanaugh Davis commit. Last I saw, he punched out thirteen. That number could have been higher before the night was over, uh, but that was a two-to-one ball game. There uh, had to be had to be exciting, and uh, New Hanover took care of business with Southern Alamance in town, and uh, they got a matchup with uh, Wake Forest, which they're one and two in our Power Twenty-five. Uh, yeah, right, right where we wanted them to face off is a fourth round, not even a best yeah. of three series. We get them in the fourth round. Yeah. I, so, I, uh, well. Let, let's let's dive back in. Roberson's obviously playing very well. They haven't been tested yet. Myers Park's going to test them. Um, Myers Park got tested in round one against Huff, um, rolled a little bit through Weddington. I saw the Huff game, and then I was back there last night. We had our, our final T-ball shindig, our pizza party last night, so I did that and was still able to get to Myers Park and watch that game. Hour delay after the second inning due to some lightning in the area. Myers Park had gotten to – uh, I'm always always messing. I think it was it's Tristan. Which one's going to state? Tristan or Tyler? Tristan. Tristan. Yep. So Tristan he Pop, and his his brother played well too at third base last night. But um, you know, it, it was Tristan versus um McGrath, um, the James Madison commit from Myers Park. Myers Park had some momentum into the lightning delay. They're up one nothing. It hits. And then, boom, both arms come out. You really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Potts locked right back in. Bang, bang, bang. And he's starting to roll zeros. Um, you know, Ty Frateroli, after a two-out walk, line drive to center for, for the Cavs. The center fielder running straight in on it, tries to make a diving catch and you know with no angle to it. And the ball just goes under him and kind of rolls past him. Frateroli gets all the way to third, scores the run. McGrath gets out of the inning from there. 1-1 into the seventh, both pitchers kind of nearing their 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 uh, pitch counts, but McGrath's able to go back out in the eighth and work a quick inning. So I think that put him at 105 to end the eighth. Excuse me. Um, Potts runs back out there again, close to his, his pitch count. One out single, a bunt that was misplayed a little bit, but I, you know the the, the bunt runner. Uh, from Myers Park did a great job getting down the line and putting some pressure on that play. Ball just fell out of the first baseman's glove. So he got first and second one out. Um, and I think Ike Schmidley led off with the single Max Schmidley. Um, then hit a hard ground ball to short and the shortstop Beal from the Cavs had to go to his right. I think he was trying to turn into a double play, move to his right, catch it and, and flip it. And I think the ball just got under him. And Ike scored, making it a 2-1 game and ending the game in the eighth. But again, uh, Myers Park's tested. Um, and so I th- and this is the matchup last year, I think, in the same round. 
where Roberson beat Myers Park. So I think Myers Park has had this circled for a year in terms of if we can get back, if we're in the same position, what do we do different? Um, and they're back. They, they got to travel up the mountain, though, and we know how difficult that can be. Matt, let's go to the next one, Providence and, and Northwest Guilford. Northwest Guilford, and, and just you know, inside talk here, is a club that we've kind of – we know they can hit. But in this type of scenario, we've always wondered, are they going to have enough pitching? Are they going to be reliable enough on the mound to get through this? What have you thought about their performance so far, beating Marvin Ridge, beating West Forsyth, beating Providence? Because that's that's a that's that's three state championship quality clubs, and it's three programs that expect to be in championship moments because they have been in the past. Yeah, I think you know in the Power Twenty Five, we wrote about uh, offensive explosion. Can their arms uh, put enough zeros on the board? And you know they escaped Marvin Ridge with a nine to eight win in round one. Uh, Easier win over West Forsyth, seven to one, and then uh, defending state champions last night. Uh, you know, eight six win there. So the, the pitching staff's holding up so far, and you know they get the winner of Reagan and Davy, uh, two teams in the same conference. Didn't get to play last night. They'll play tonight. Uh, you know, that's a game uh, can go either way. Davy's very offensive club. Uh, Reagan has depth throughout their lineup. Uh, you know, Reagan has some left has a couple left-handed arms they can run at you. Yeah. Uh, the Strom kid, I think he will throw tonight. He can pitch a little bit. Uh, but that's two teams that have played each other so much. Uh, that could go either way right there. And right. Uh, then uh, you get to Northwest Guilford. That's a, that's a big matchup. You know, you have out, out of that central Piedmont, you had West Forest like we talked about. And then you also had East Forest, I think Davey beat in the last round. So that, that conference is cannibalizing itself. You know, they were just the way the brackets <laughs> fell. They're, they're, they have to go through each other to get through it. So, interesting to see what happens there. New Hanover and Wake Forest, that's monster matchup. Um, we're going to try to have somebody there. Um, Garner and Corinth, Corinth Holders, I think they played three or four times during the regular season. There's I, I throw the rankings out. They know each other. Both, both teams have figured out how to win against the other. So, this is a, a really intriguing matchup. I don't think Garner – Obviously, Garner would like to have their ace going in this game. I think Corinth would too, and uh, with um, their left-hander throwing on Tuesday, um, but they're going to run out another good arm. Garner's going to th- probably throw Henry Good, who threw a complete game shutout in his last outing. So I think Garner's comfortable with, with what they're running out there too, um, and, and intrigued to see again a game with two teams that know each other really well, and, and not having to guess as to what's going to happen you know, with a runner on and, and nobody out in the six. They know what the other team's going to do. It's who executes better wins this game. Yeah, you got you got two teams with neither ace going. And uh, when their aces haven't with, went this year, you go back through some higher scoring games. So it's at Corinth Holders. They have a good atmosphere. Uh, you could get wild in there. And uh, you can see a lot of pitchers take the mound, and it could be a high-scoring affair. And uh, that'll be an exciting baseball game. And PBR will be at that game. Um, 3A. We had North Iredale continues to shock the world. Um, you know, they got past Ledford, excellent pitching performance, and scored runs late um, and, and got runs in the in the seventh inning to put themselves ahead and put them in a position. They do not know who they have as, as, as we're filming this, <clears throat> as Ford and Oak Grove will play on, win, on, on Wednesday. Um, but the bottom half of that bracket, the 3A West, West Henderson and East Rowan. I don't think we're going to see the matchup of aces in that game, though. Am I right? Yeah, it may go through last night, but uh, West Henderson 
does have Truett Manual to run out, and they're at home, so that'll be interesting. Again, and and, and the East Rowan plays in a park that plays like the mountains because it's so small, and so I, I think going up the mountain there the, offensively. They're, they're going to welcome it because the ball is going to fly. But I think defensively they've been in some shootouts. You know, there's times where the ball just flies out of their ballpark. So I think they may handle that trip up there better than some other clubs if, if West hangs a four-run inning on them at some point because they know, hey, we, we'll do the same thing. Um, but I don't know that you're going to hang four on Truett Manual. So um, that one will be an intriguing matchup for me as we're kind of watching from the back end. When you go to the bo- the eastern side of the bracket – Rose, we've talked about, continues to roll. Northern Nash up next for them. I think the the, the best matchup in the 3A bracket overall to, to date is at the bottom of the 3A East, Southern Lee and Orange. Um, talk a little bit about how these clubs got there and um, you know how they're playing and what you like out of this out of this matchup. Let's go back to Orange in the in the second round. They they played Triton, uh, you know, in that game, and it, I think it went nine or ten innings. But Orange gives up a five spot in the top half of that inning, and you know, and it's down, and it takes a six spot from those guys to to come back and get the walk off win in that round right there. So that's you know, it tells me that team's got got one thing in mind, and then they run into Southern Lee, who we've talked about a ton. They're they're loaded with arms, uh, Pierce Bowman, Cooper Harrington, uh, the Scruggs kid, and they've played well. And I think you know that's the the, the winner of that game's probably going to get J H Rose and. Uh, you know, Orange Southern Lee, you know, great game right there. Well, and I, I think that has the makings of a great regional championship because I think Rose, if they get past Northern Nash, Southern Lee and Orange have all shown the ability to win in a lot of different ways. They don't have to have their ace roll out for six or seven innings. They're very comfortable. If their ace ain't on, we'll go get him in the fourth and we'll turn it over to somebody else. You know, Southern Lee, they get past Kuratuck scoring 10 on Tuesday. You know, they, they've, they've also gone – I think they got past first flight throwing a shutout, I think. I don't remember the exact score. But those teams that have the ability – you talked about Orange coming back. Can we win different ways? Can we can we post a beginning? Can we throw zeros when we have to? Can we get a stop in the seventh? Um, you know, those are the teams that I think have a chance throughout the course of these tournaments, and we're getting towards the end, to really continue to make these runs. And so we're seeing more and more teams show up in the fourth round, that kind of have that ability. Um, we'll go to the 2A, the 2A West, <clears throat> Burns and Lincoln Charter, West Stanley, West Stokes. We'll still play Wednesday night we're, as we're filming this Wednesday afternoon. Um, but the bottom half is set, Moorhead and Randleman. Again, Randleman's one of those clubs, you know, arm-wise got a little healthier towards the end of the year. Uh, Moorhead has an ace in the front end with Anderson Nance. Um, what, are you, what are you looking for in this matchup from what you've seen from boxes as they've moved through? And Moorhead had a, had a big second-round game uh, where they, I think, did, did they beat Boaz? Was it Boaz versus Nance? Boaz versus Nance. I think it was a, a two-to-one game, uh, pitcher's duel, and uh, Nance won that one. And now Nance gets to, to face the, the defending state champs on Friday night. And Randleman's a club that's – Super experienced. They've been in the mold before, and then you got Nance, who's who's pitched well, outstanding, and you know they've also got some contributions from you guys up and down that lineup. Yeah, and Nance is one of those guys. I think stuff wise, we talk about how much better the hitters have gotten 
over the course of the last five, 10, 15 years, you know, even at the high school level where you're seeing them turn around and not really phase as much by velocity. Um, but the stuff that Nance will present, the pitchability, if he's dialed in, I think has a chance to, to force Randleman to know, hey, this is going to be one nothing, two to one, three to one. You know, we're going to have to grind at bats. We're going to have to grind innings. We're going to have to play small ball here and there. We may have to get a base, an extra base, a stolen base somewhere so that we have a chance to put some pressure on him. Um, you know, and, and for Moorhead, I think that's the way they've played most of the year. Games they've been successful in, you know, that they haven't they haven't been 17 to 2. It's been, you know, 5 1, 4 3, 6 5. You know, so I think they're going to be there's some comfort going into how this game is going to have to be played. Um, of course, throw that out the door when the first pitch is thrown. Bottom half of the, uh, or we go to the east side. Um, Midway continues to roll. Um, John Nelson McLam uh, has thrown well on a bump for them a couple times out now as they beat East Carteret in the third round. They beat. East Bladen in the second round. That East Bladen club they played in the second round. The top four in their lineup would press just about any any team in the state. Uh, very athletic, <clears throat> with a uh, um, chance to you know leave the yard with two of those guys and chance to put pressure on you with the bases. Uh, but Midway continues to roll, and they're going to get Camden County, who got past North Lenore uh, in the third round. In the bottom half of the bracket, Green Central continues to just churn out wins, and they you know. Whiteville pressed them, but I don't know, talking to people there, that the Green Central ever felt like the game was ever in doubt, and Green Central is going to get South Granville. Um, anything stand out to you on the 2A side as we kind of roll through the east and the west there? I, I think Moorhead Randleman is the, the matchup with the eyes on it right there. Uh, defending state champs against a, a team that's rolling and will have their ace on the mound, so that's a uh, big game. You know, one thing that pops is I'm, I'm scrolling back and forth through these uh, is <clears throat> West Stokes is leading West Stanley as we as we film this. Burns and Lincoln Charter, I think it's got a chance to be a really good game tonight. Um, the winner of that game in the fourth round, you know, I, I think both of these these games have a chance to, to really burn out some of these guys. Just be, these are going to be tight games. These are going to be intense games. Who does the better job recovering? You know, and I, obviously there's you're going to have a shot of adrenaline because you're going to be playing in front of bigger crowds each step of the way, a best of three. But I'm interested to see how much um, gas is left in the tank for those four schools as they get through these two games um, with a quicker turnaround, of course, playing Wednesday and Friday. Um, and just see, you know, because I think Burns, West Stanley, even West Oaks have enough depth. Lincoln Charter, I think it's a little bit more top-heavy. Um, but, you know, again, the ability to take care of their bodies, turn around on a quick quick deadline, play well again, turn around again, play well again, especially as you're continuing to, you know, hike up what the talent level is across the way. Uh, the 1A, Cherryville and Union Academy, again, I'm going to play. I think they're playing tonight. Uh, Eastern Randolph has, has advanced to the, the fourth round. Uh, Drawn and URA Charter, two clubs that kind of expected to be at this point. Are going to meet up. That's going to be a good matchup um, on the east side. Northmore and Rosewood, <coughs> Rosewood, a club that's kind of getting accustomed to making runs at this time of year. Um, and Voyager and East Wake Academy. So I think the one A has played a little bit more true to form 
And now we're getting to some spots where some of these clubs are going to be tested. You know, I think even in ways maybe they haven't been throughout the year because they're going to see some lineups with depth. They're going to see hitters that aren't going to be um, just swinging at breaking ball just because they see it or it's a way pitchers are going to have to find different ways to get guys out as they get into this section. Yeah, drawing Uhari Charters, I think, is a, a rematch of maybe the same round last year. Uh, yep. Not drawn out, so I'm sure that's one uh, drawn's had marked mark throughout the year. Yeah, it, it it should it should be really good. Uh, you know, I, I think the um, we don't spend as much time on one A and two A just because of sometimes the fan bases and some of those schools for us and where we live are a little bit harder to get to. But we kind of get to know these clubs a little bit more this time of year, and so um, finding seeing how they kind of find ways. And again, Union Academy is a school that's a little bit closer to me, and they made a run I think to the regional final last year, so they're getting Cherryville tonight. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to be intimidated heading there. You know, they kind of expect to win this game. They expect to win the next game. They expect to be in that regional final and be able to take that next step forward. It's just a matter of can they get past, you know, the the, the tradition that is Cherryville because Cherryville definitely expects to do the same thing. Yeah, uh, good matchups. Playoff fourth round, and you know, one step away from the regional finals and best three and uh, anything, anything happening with the private schools, they should be getting close to uh, their state championship series. State championship series are set. So uh, 1A, we've got Halifax Academy uh, got past Curvance um, last night. And so we're going to have you know a new champion at the 1A level as they're going to play Lawrence Academy. Um, the 2A uh, saw some great games last night. Westchester Country Day. Hit two home runs, one in the fifth, one in the seventh. Both both two run shots after being down 2-0 to get eliminate Grace Christian. So you saw two teams there that really have a chance to be state champions. Um, Josh Hammond um, really good on the bump for Westchester Day uh, and needed every bit of it uh, in that 4-2 win to get to the championship. And I think it's important that he had to throw that much because um, – Burlington School got past Wayne Country Day without having to throw Tucker Holland. They threw Julian Areola and then uh, closed the game behind him. Um, so as they're going into a best of three, I don't know that we're going to get Tucker versus Josh, which would be uh, – boy, that would be a great matchup. Uh, two of the, the harder throwing arms in the state. But with those two guys going, you may, you may get a, a game three. And I, I think both of these clubs have really solid one-two. I think game three is a war of attrition. Um, and so we'll kind of see which lineup can step up. And, again, who recovers, who who has enough energy to play 14 innings if it gets to a game three and they play that doubleheader on Saturday. Um, and so that's the two-way Westchester Country Day and Bur the Burlington School. When we get to the 3A, it kind of played true to – almost – down all the way through, but we're getting defending champion High Point Christian Academy playing Hickory Grove Christian. Hickory Grove Christian <clears throat> uh, routed Arundel Parrot last night, saved some of their pitching, got their starter out in the third um, again because you start thinking about how that's important. You know, these guys are going to turn around and play three games starting Friday. So it was a Tuesday. Now they're going to go Friday, Saturday, Saturday if they play a three-game series. Um, and so being able to bounce their, their guy back becomes important. 
Uh, High Point Christian was in the same same boat. They started Dylan Story against Asheville Christian. Game was uh, you know well in hand. They were able to get him out. And so I think both those schools, and it, it'll be fair and balanced, uh, best of three, and I think both their aces are going to be well in hand in, in terms of being able to throw at a high level as they get to um, Friday and Saturday with, with that series. And then the 4A, right now, Wesley and Christian, I think they're in the sixth inning where they got delayed last night, and they're leading Charlotte Christian. Uh, let's see if I have the exact score. Seven one maybe. Is that what it is? I think that's the last I saw. I've got it right here. Yep, seven one. You're dead on. So seven one, and they are. They're in the sixth inning. Um, you know, and that it's not over, <clears throat> but that one could be over. Um, <clears throat> that would put Wesley and Christian going up against Providence Day. And again, this is one of those things that we when we talked about this a little bit. And I think the seeding played out fairly, but Providence Day uh, finished behind Covenant Day. Covenant Day, is that right? Covenant Day and Providence Day may have tied at the top of the league. And I think Charlotte Christian, I know Charlotte Christian finished behind both of them. They're all three in the same league. When the seedings came out, Charlotte Christian's the five, Providence Day's a six, Covenant Day's a seven. And I know why that happens, because Charlotte Christian played an unbelievable schedule. But at some point for me, conference champion should be rewarded. And the five seed, it gets a a definite bump over the seven seed, because the seven seed had to play in round two. The five seed didn't have to play until round three. The six seed played in round two as well. So I'm sorry, Charlotte Christian played in round two as well. It's just It was just who you're going to play, I guess. But the way it bounced out, Providence Day ended up playing Covenant Day yesterday. Bo Ziegler was really good. Uh, complete game shutout, uh, moving Providence Day into the state championship where they're going to play Wesley and Christian. Wesley and Christian threw Hudson Lance in the start yesterday against Charlotte Christian. Uh, the Knights kicked the ball around early in the game, giving up some unearned runs. Um, so again, Wesleyan Christian is going to enter this game. They haven't thrown their ace, um, this week. So he, you would think maybe start game one with Cozart. I say ace Hudson Lance is, is, is a, is one a and two a, um, or, or one a one B, however you want to put it. Um, but again, can, where would Hudson be able to bounce back Saturday? He's still going to be on three days rest. Um, and so he should be fine to kind of get them going. You know, Providence day needed every pitch out of Ziegler. So again, how does that affect him? Can they figure out a way to extend the Friday game, put some pressure on Wesley and Christian, see what happens, and then does Ziegler have his better stuff on Saturday on three days rest? So, you know, shorter time frame, quicker turnaround for the for these private schools, but that all four state championships are basically set. Uh, Matt, as I'm rolling through those, any of those state championships really, really stick out to you as something that, you would love to be at if, if you could be in multiple places at once. Uh, I think the three A's got a chance to be a good matchup. You know, Hickory Grove Christian, we know they they have talent on the roster, and it looks like they've uh, it's come together a little bit for them here late. Yep. So that that would be the one that, that stands out for me. <clears throat> yeah, and talent all over the place. You know, High Point Christian, <clears throat> Hickory Grove Christian, both very talented clubs. Obviously, we know about Tucker Highland at the Burlington School. They've got a couple other 
names to know and some seniors that are going to go on and play at the next level. Westchester Country Day has got the Hammond brothers, one going to High Point next year. Uh, Josh will, uh, committed to Wake in two years. Josh may may have the best arm in the state in just terms of pure velocity, um, you know, in terms of where he is now, plus chance to uh, as to where he's got a chance to be. Uh, we've heard 95. We've seen, I think, 92, 93 this year. Um, and he can, he can swing it a little bit too. He got yes, he juice. can. Yeah. Bat and and they need him too. Well. And then I, I'm intrigued by, you know, the, the run of Providence Day and Covenant Day. And again, where I live with, with Charlotte Christian, Providence Day, Covenant Day, literally Charlotte Christian and Providence Day School are in the same conference. If you are standing in center field at Charlotte Christian and you just turn around and look at dead center and straight through the trees and across the street, you're looking at Providence Day School. That's how close those two schools are. Um, and so for, you know, Charlotte Christian has been the, the, the kind of the bully on the block for years um, with a great program and great players rolling through there. You know, Providence Day has put pressure on them in the past. But to break through and, and to, to land above them, I think win a share of that title. Covenant Day is maybe five miles from those two schools. And so for all three of those schools to be in this position, for Providence Day and Covenant Day to play last night for a chance to get to a state championship situation um, has been kind of neat to follow. Some of that because I live right here. You know, Another school that we were excited about following was Metrolina Christian. Um, who got the double bye, and they got Providence Day with their first game in round three. And Providence Day obviously is playing at a very high level, level and bounced them on, on Saturday. So um, top to bottom, you know, lots of really good baseball games are going to be played uh, in these state championships. All of them are scheduled for Friday, single games, Saturday double headers. You know, <clears throat> check our website, check our brackets, check our <clears throat> tournament notes for where games are going to be played. Uh, a couple of them are at neutral sites. A couple of them are at home fields. So, uh, again, going to be a great weekend to follow baseball here in North Carolina, Matt. And um, I, I really do wish we could be in 16 places at once. We just run out of bodies and run out of time at times. Yeah, How, how about that 4A bracket, though? You got, you got New Hanover and Wake Forest playing Friday night. And then, you know, Corinth Garner and um, – you know, a, a Myers Park team that's rolling right now with T.C. Roberson. You know, that's uh, 4A. That's some exciting games, and, uh, you know, all of them could go either way. No doubt. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it, gives, it gives people an idea, um, you know, how hard our, your job and, and our job can be, you know, doing the Power 25, you know, because as good as these teams are, and we know that 4A teams draw, have more talent, a bigger talent pool to draw from. They're just bigger schools. So they have a bigger talent pool to draw from. But how does that match up with, uh, you know, Westchester Country Day if Josh Hammond's on the mound? You know, how does that match up with High Point Christian if Dylan Story's on the mound? You know, even even going just into a two-way setting um, at the at the you know, public school level, you know, and we're looking at, at Randleman, we're looking at Moorhead, you know, you know, Moorhead's got a chance to run out a, 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 a premium arm that's got a chance to pitch for a long time. You know, if they in one game scenarios, you don't know what's gonna happen. And so it's it it makes it makes our tournament setting one of the most exciting in the country. 
but in the same terms, it makes me want to pull my hair out because I wish, I just wish we had a little bit more. I would love to see, you know, how does Myers Park walk off Cuthbertson in the eighth? How does Cuthbertson answer? You know, now they got to roll their twos out there. And now this time, you know, they play, maybe it's at Myers Park again. Maybe it's at Cuthbertson. Maybe it's a neutral site, you know, but, but game two, who, who, who adjust, you know, cause the game's going to be different. You're not running your aces out there. There's going to be more balls put in play. And how does that affect the game? But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll live with the format we have and it does create a ton of excitement. Yeah. Big games coming up Friday night and, uh, it's been a, been an exciting playoff run run so far, and maybe not as many upsets as as years past. A little bit more true to form across the brackets, but uh, you know, a lot a lot of good baseball. Well, <clears throat> what we're gonna try to do, we try to do it this week, and you're hearing me cough. I, I had some an ear ear thing happen, and wasn't able to talk earlier this week, so we couldn't do it. But with state champions being named on Saturday, uh, with the regional championships, you know, getting started early next week. Matt and I are going to try and get together early next week for kind of an emergency, you know, podcast in North Carolina, so we can run through all this action, get ourselves set up for the regional finals at the uh, at the public level, name some state champions, and also dive into some of the stuff that we saw, and then come back on that Thursday and redo it again. Maybe we know who's going to be in some of the state championships. Maybe we're getting ready for a slew of game threes. Would be fantastic either way. So. Um, Look forward to that. Make sure you hit that subscribe button below. Hit that like button if we did a good job today. But that subscribe button, alert button, will allow uh, you to get notification every time that we post. So when we go out of order a little bit next week, and maybe we go on Monday and Thursday or Monday and Friday instead of just that Thursday we've been hitting on, you still know what's up. You're still able to follow us. You're still able to uh, hang out. So, uh, <clears throat> Matt, uh, let you let you finish this thing off. Uh, give me, give me one player, one game. Who's going to make the biggest difference? Any, any level, any game that kind of pops out to your mind. Who's the name that you're kind of counting on? This guy's going to have a performance, maybe for the ages, and going to get get his club to the next club, next round. Uh, I've seen Easterland play a few times. They have a left-handed hitter, McCall Henderson. It's like fifth in their lineup, but every time I see him, he gets his swing off. So I'm interested to see if he can get a swing against Truett Manuel, that uh, that maybe plays a key role in that game. So there you go. We'll see. Truett Manuel is really good, but uh, you know Henderson last night was he was barrels in every at bat. So uh, be, be a little interesting matchup right there. And for those in West Henderson, that's Payne at PrepBaseballReport.com. <laughs> <laughs> He's Matt Payne. I'm Brandon Hall. This is the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina podcast. We'll see you at the field.